Welcome to Double Impact, the podcast where we double back on the movies that impacted us growing up as 90s kids and decide whether they hold up today or are best left in the past. I am Tristan. And I am sober. Yeah, me too. Yeah, this is a sober cast. We're drinking a lot of coffee. We're straight edge now. Yeah, we might need to pause and poop a few Dry times. January, yeah. Dry part, well, I didn't start beginning of January. It's dry I just haven't drunk week. today. <laughs> yeah. Dry all yesterday. Yeah. But Straight edge. as far as potting goes, I don't believe there's been a pure boozeless. No, I don't think ep- so. There's been at least one beer. Yeah, even if it's a light. So if this episode sucks. Let us know. We'll yeah. get right back on it for you. Yeah. <laughs> hey, episode 50. Episode 50. Thank you. Thank you, everybody. We will take this 50th episode to say that climate change is real. Fuck yeah, man. It's, and then that's it. That's what they do. Well, interestingly, I was thinking episode 50, that's basically a year. And it is a year. Remember it was stinking hot when we first started this? So we got the fan on in here and we we're all sweating. And like that mm, was th- mm. this time last year we are doing the same thing. Sweating. Sweating. That was well, Australia. That's what we do at this we time of year in Australia. Yeah, we sweat. We sweat. Yeah. Our 50th episode and coincidentally, kind of semi-engineered, but mostly coincidence, is our namesake, Double yeah. Impact. Which I realise could be confusing for anyone that's listening for the first time. We're called Double Impact because it's, it's a little wordplay. It's a wordplay. Because we double back on the movies that impacted us growing up as 90s kids. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But Double Impact being the kind of... Uh, significant, a signifier of that era. We Correct. thought, what better name? Yeah. But also then every 10 episodes we've been doing a Van Damme movie in chronological order and it just so happened that number 50 is Double Impact. Double Impact. See, if we had gone, if we had called ourselves Kickboxer yeah. or Universal we, we Soldiers. We kicked back on the movies that boxed us growing up as 90s kids. Oh, yeah. It doesn't really little, make any sense. A little more of a stretch perhaps. Yeah, yeah. So I think we picked the right one. I think so too. Yeah, but this is really, yeah, this is like Inception. We're like double impacting, double yeah. impact. You know, it's only fair to say. Wow. You can say that again. Wow. <laughs> well, so 91. So 91. You take uh, us back there. What was 91? What happened in 91 that we may? Uh, three years after 88, obviously. So yeah. the world is looking for a new expo. Yeah. I did see a little, little nugget. Yeah. Little chicken nugget for us here. Yeah. Um, 1991 was the year that Kentucky Fried Chicken changed its name to KFC. I remember that. Me too. I thought, what a huge mistake. Yeah. It was, oh, you did? Yeah. Well, I mean, I was a little kid, but I just thought it was weird. It was weird. So I couldn't understand why you would do that. There was a bunch of rumors apparently at the time. Because it Uh, wasn't real chicken. Is that what people said? Yeah, that's right. Uh, the, they, they, were, case, well, yeah. they were breeding mutant chickens with extra legs so they, they could get more drummies. Yeah. So you can't technically legally. Because apparently legally, legally you could do that, but as long as you didn't call it chicken. Yeah, apparently. yeah, yeah. Apparently that's fine. <laughs> that's like how um, um, soft serve ice cream at Macca's is made out of pig fat. Yeah. Which may be true, I don't know. 
the apple pies that Michael's made out of chocos. Chocos. Yeah. These are just schoolyard. I don't even know what a choco school is schoolyard really. Schoolyard facts. Yeah. Before the internet, before anything could get verified, it just got blown way out of proportion. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I still believe them about the chocos. Yeah. Um, so that was one of the big ones. Well, if that's what chocos taste like, then. No, that's what they got to put heaps of sugar and oh. um, cinnamon in seems, them. Seems easier to They're use flavorless. apples. <laughs> They're flavorless apples. They're going out of their way. There was a choco tree down the road for my mates growing well, up. Well, there was one in my mate's house, yeah. yeah. And so I was like, chocos, huh? Wait, is that why they look like an artichoke with the layers? Is that oh. saying? Is that a – okay. I don't know. I don't know either. Artichokos. I'm going to keep moving on. Yeah. Why? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, double choco. <laughs> double choco. Uh, the other was that the U.S. state – of Kentucky had been trying to extract royalties from any company using its name and they didn't want to give any money to the state of Kentucky. Right. Obviously, it would have been because fried foods, fat, was the devil yeah, at that time. Makes sense. Um, everyone was going fat-free. Yeah. Whereas now, as we know, that is no longer the case. Fat can be good fat, and part of an they're essential good, uh, yeah, they're good nutrition. I don't know that fried chicken still forms that, but you know, fried foods are um, a treat now. They're pretty common and delicious. They and are. And widely you know, accepted. If it fits your macros, hey, why well, not? Squeeze well, it in there. Yeah. Yeah. We're, we're pro, pro the bird. We are. You're on double impact. So I thought that was interesting because they have changed it back now in Australia. It has gone back to Kentucky Fried Chicken in Australia. Has it officially? Uh, I've seen it more. I think it's rolling out now. Yeah. Right. I think it's live. So also in 1991, this is actually one of our favorite year. Movies, for film? years for, for film, film for the pictures. My the dad calls moving. it film. My grandmother used to say film. Uh, sorry, ninety one is a cracker, isn't it? It is. It's huge. There, yeah, I'll do top ten because we haven't done this year very often. But I'll also throw in some of the other spicy little numbers outside of the top ten. Number one, Terminator two, T two, Judgment Day. Yeah. Yep. Uh, number two, Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves, which. Uh-huh. Sh- History is forgotten, but we should definitely revisit. Uh, Beauty and the Beast, number three. Number four, Silence of the Lambs. Number five, Ooh. City Slickers, which Ooh. feels like one of those ones that I, uh, yeah, I'm keen to rewatch that one. I'm surprised that came fifth, though. Yeah, it was pretty big, though, wasn't was it? it? I don't know. I, um, I mean, it, it it's big in my household, but that doesn't mean anything. Yeah. Just have the, the delightful Billy Crystal yeah. <laughs> involved. <laughs> um, number six, Hook, done it. Number seven, The Adams Family, Keen. Number eight. Sleeping with the enemy, still don't know what it is. Keen, it's <laughs> Julia Roberts and Tom Beringer. Tom Bessinger? I don't know. Basinger. Tom. Kim Basinger. No, Tom. Number nine, Father of the Bride. Cracker. Number ten, Naked Gun, two and a half, The Smell of Fear. <laughs> Love it. The Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2, Hot Shots, Boys in the Hood, My oh. Girl, Rocketeer, which I don't know if I've seen, but I've heard is one of those overlooked I saw it at the movies and it's not what I was expecting. It's set in like the 50s. Did you like it then? And, no. And me, but you might like it now? Maybe. Like peas. I didn't like peas when I was a kid. Now I love them. Is it like peas, Greg? Interesting. Yeah. Um, tell, me, no, tell me more. <laughs> uh, no, it was, just, it, was, it, was a, it was a period piece. And yeah. I, no kid wants a period piece. Yeah. Maybe watched- one kid that wants a period piece. No. No, no, no one. Not one. Not one. But it's on Disney Plus. We should do it. Um, yeah, sure. Thelma and Louise. Freddy's dead. L.A. Story. Don't tell mum the babysitter's dead. Can't not, find it. Can't find it. Does not have um, Polly Shaw in it. Does have Christina Applegate. Does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It does. Right on top of that, Rose. But what a year. 
Yeah. You know what came in at number 47? Um, tell me. Le Double Impacto. So for those that were unaware, yes, our theme song is from Double Impact, a track called Feel the Impact by composer Arthur Kempel. Arthur Kempel. We reached out to Arthur before we launched our program, assuming we would stumble across some harsh legal concerns given our meteoric rise to fame. (laughs) We never heard back and it's been okay. And the rest is history. Yeah. So Double Impact. So it came out in August 1991, yeah. budget of $15 million, gross of 15 15 There's a lot of explosions. Yeah, but it's in Hong Kong, baby. There's two of them. Yeah. Whoa. Whoa. And they threw in some Mercedes into the water. With, but I don't know. It says with cigarettes mil. in the trunk. Uh, cigarettes are cheap in Asia. Ah. In Australia, that was, all the budget would go that to was, the cigarettes. Yeah, in Australia, that's <laughs> like hundreds of thousands in yeah. that boot. Um, so yeah, grossed $80.5 million, which makes it the highest grossing film ever, uh, <laughs> starring JCVD at that point. So, ah. this is the meteoric rise of Jean Claude Van Damme. Double damn, double monies. Yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I really get away with words. Yeah. I should do sober things all the time. Yeah, right. We're pretty sharp. Rotten Tomatoes critic score 32%, audience score 42%, which. Mm. Uh, Come on. And, and just a little friendly reminder that this is our sixth Jean-Claude Van Damme film. We started with Bloodsport, which came out in 1988. This is only 1991 and it's the sixth movie we've done. So how many years is that? Three years? Busy boy. Six movies. Busy boy. Six movies, three years. Busy boy. Busy boy. <laughs> Some might say. Is, what would you say? I'd say he likes, he's a busy workaholic. Boy? Oh, workaholic. No, I wouldn't call him a busy boy. <laughs> He's keen, this kid. He's very yes. keen. And that's, that's, this is the cumulative uh, impression. I'm, as we're going through this in chronological order and he's still young and like full of beans and you see the interviews, he's so just keen and like yeah. eager to please and like, yeah, let's do it. Yeah, yeah it's going to be great. It's going to be a good movie all the time. Yeah, he's and then it's like later on it gets a little bit like weathered. Weathered and you know, a bit like um, Hollywood, you know. In terms of the different phases, I love this phase. Mm. It's cool. Um, and I'm happy for him. Oh, beyond measure. Yeah. But what about you, Greg? When this movie came out in 1991, is this, this was a big one for you. It was a big one. Yeah. So we're entering yeah. in VHS ownership era. Oh. Do you remember? Cause I never owned any. Yeah, I, I hadn't previously. Like do you, The only VHS you had was when you taped something off the TV. Yeah, right? yeah, exactly. So around this time, my brother was five years older than me, so – 91, he would have been uh, like, I don't know, 15 or something. Yeah. And I think he was going to the city and stuff and he'd found oh, this he was place. doing cool stuff. He was doing heaps of cool stuff. Yeah. Uh, and he, was, he would buy movies like in the, the actual case that you get at the video store. Whoa. Just crazy. And he brought home multiple Van Damme movies. So Double Fuck Impact yeah. was one of them. Universal Soldier. Oh. Denzel Washington's classic Ricochet. I never saw that. <laughs> it's got John Lithgow. Oh, no. <laughs> Rhonda. 
That was good. <laughs> well, do I have to do it? Could right? you Harry and the Hendersons? <laughs> yeah. That was a movie as well as a TV show, I believe right? so. Yeah. I believe so. Uh, so, yeah, we're bringing these things home there uh, and we would watch them <laughs> over and over. And uh, particularly this one. And so this one, many of the lines in this movie formed our v- the vernacular. Yeah. Me and my friends used. Big surprise. Yeah. Milan. Big surprise. Our mutual friend Milan could do oh, yeah. a pretty mean uh, Van Damme impersonation. Oh, interesting. I could picture that. So, yes, this was a significant film. But this is, this is like times. on repeat. Well, uh, like, yeah, okay. This is. So Carol wasn't happy when, with during the rewatch because I. Oh, you were we'll that guy. That. Oh, watch this part, watch this part. Are you saying all the lines? Yeah, all the, both. I've been doing that a bit with The Simpsons and yeah. I had to stop. You got to stop. She didn't say anything, but I was a bit like, okay. Really? Uh, yeah, you're, not, you're not impressing anyone, Tristan. Yeah. <laughs> you're probably impressing yourself a little bit. Yeah, I'm like, huh. Yeah. Um, and you? Well, this one, less so. I mean, I was always aware of it, and I think I'd seen it, but I, it's foggy. Whereas yeah, interesting. The big ones for me, for JCVD, were really Bloodsport and Universal Soldier primarily. Okay. And then a little bit of Kickboxer. But those two were the ones that I think maybe Jono owned or something because yeah. we watched them a lot. On, on your Jono. Yeah, we watched them a lot. Um, but, yeah, I think I'm, I feel like I've watched this. And it, it just in terms of its position in pop culture, I've always been very fond of just the idea of this movie. Even <laughs> it's just I mean, great. Double Damn, <laughs> Double Damn, it's so great. What could go wrong. Bolo Young is back. He's back. Yeah. See. Yeah. It's great. But yeah. So I didn't have a huge. And so I know our rewatches are slightly different because you're rewatching it. Did you get a huge surprise? I when got you a watched huge it? surprise. It was it was a real like discovery process. Uh, I was more familiar with it than I was with like Lionheart and that kind of thing. So it wasn't that kind of rewatch of just like, wow, mm. what is this even about? Mm. But it was still like, oh, ooh, oh, yeah, right. all of the emotions. Ah, <laughs> we're so articulate when we're sober. It's like I was watching fireworks. All right. Well, should I get into the origin story? I yes. It better better it better have the delightful Sheldon Lettich involved. <laughs> Origin story. So uh, to kick off the origin story, I'll make sure I just incorporate where we've been up until this point. So the year is 1991, three years after Bloodsport, two years after Cyborg and Kickboxer, one year after Lionheart and Death Warrant. This guy is getting bigger, huge, big surprise, huge surprise. It's getting big. And as I said, it's this back on Arsenio. It's getting momentum. These movies are getting bigger and bigger. So Bloodsport grossed $12.4 million. Cyborg. A smaller picture, gross $10.2 million, Kickboxer $50 million, Lionheart $24.3 million, Death Warrant $46 million, we're getting up there, but then double impact $80.5 million. Almost double his last picture. Yeah, which is huge, huge. And it's also the third movie, the trilogy perhaps, Uh of his partnership with Sheldon Letich. So these guys kind of fell in love back in the Bloodsport days. Uh It was a script that Sheldon wrote. Um, the movie almost didn't get released. Crazy. Um, I'll get into some of that stuff in a second. But um, this one they actually co-wrote. This movie they co-wrote. Did one write from the view of Chad and one write from the view of Alex and let this, see how the stories like meet? Maybe. Like, you know, there's those books that oh. people read, like fiction. I was imagining more of um, that have movie. have different viewpoints on the same thing. Well, I was thinking the movie Adaptation. Oh, Adaptation would be the second best <laughs> after this one film 
where Twins is played by one person. Yeah, I would agree with that. Got a few others. We'll get to them later. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so it's a blossoming uh, – oh, this is the, the peak, I suppose, of that partnership, which is really lovely. Yeah. But the movie itself, the story itself, has somewhat of an unexpected origin. Ooh. So what does this film, Double Impact, have in common with films such as The Three Musketeers, mm-hmm. The Count of Monte Cristo, The Man in the Iron Mask? What, what possibly – could be a common link between these movies. France? Yes. So strangely enough, all of these movies were based on the writings of 19th century French author Alexandre Dumas. <laughs> I think it's pronounced Dumas. <laughs> Bottom one. Uh, so it was written, this was written in 1844 by Alexandre Dumas under the title The Corsican Brothers. And sorry, when I say this was written... This movie was not written by him. <laughs> a book that got tr- <laughs> very loosely <laughs> turned into a script. Anyway. Um, did, <laughs> did, <laughs> did the original have Bolo Young? Yeah, pretty sure it did. <laughs> and did, it, had a, it had a longer sex scene, I think. Did the original have <laughs> lines like, what's this supposed to do, make my dick bigger? Um, in French, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, <laughs> but yes, so the book um, called The Corsican Brothers was written by Alexandre Dumas. How in long was it? was it? Was it long or was it a novella? I'm not sure, actually. It's a very good question. Um, but I like I'll, to think of I'll it give as you a novella. little synopsis of what the book was actually about. So we can do a little contrasting here. The Corsican Brothers. The Corsican Brothers. The story starts in 1841. When the narrator travels to Corsico and stays at the home of the widow Sevilla de Franchi, who lives near Olmeto and Sudacaro. Changing my accent. Gorgeous. She's the mother of former conjoined twins Louis and Lucien. Louis is a lawyer in Paris while Lucien clings to his Corsican roots and stays at his mother's home. Oh, yeah. The brothers were separated at birth by a doctor with his scalpel. Despite being separated, Louis and Lucien can still feel each other's emotions, even at a distance. Lucien explains he has a mission to undertake with reluctance. He has to mediate a vendetta between the Orlandi and Colonna families and invites the narrator to accompany him yeah. and meet the head of the Orlandi family. So it's basically the same thing. 100%. Yeah, it's ba- I mean, was that the plot of the movie? Was that the plot of the book? Who, who knows? I think, it's basically I think the all same. this Orlandi guy is Uncle Frankie. Yeah. Frankie? Orlandi? Yeah, Good, yeah. Good, yeah, should. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Um, but this book has been made into a movie no less than 18 times. Ooh, give yes. us a couple of others. Well, I'll give you one. Twins. <laughs> no, not any movie with twins in it. But there is one that um, I think is probably the expression, the visual expression of the text that, that Alexandre intended. Green card um, with Gerard Depardieu. No, um, the, well, there's there's one that I think is just called the Corsico Twins. My father, the, my hero, with Gerard Depardieu. Greg, you're delaying a very important clip I'm about to play, which is the trailer for Cheech and Chong's <laughs> version of this story. Oh, Cheech and Chong. Is this called the Corsican Brothers? Yeah, I think I've seen that. I have seen that. Really? Part of these movies that Brendan used to bring home, <laughs> he bought him a bunch of Cheech and Chong ones. You've come full circle. 
So this is interesting, right? Movies based on books, because, you know, books, it's like the Bible, right? It can be interpreted a million different ways. There's sort of a concurrent a thousand ways. And this book <laughs> has inspired two very different, well, 18 very different movies. Um, apparently the book that uh, Goodfellas was based on also inspired a comedy with Steve Martin that I'd never heard of. Roxanne? <laughs> I assume. Um, LA story. Who knows? But, yeah, isn't that interesting? I kind of like that. I also like that. Mm. Mm. We agree. Curious. Finally. All right, let's listen to the trailer because I'm sure it's a bit of a lull. In the beginning, like all men, they were born. But from then on, all similarities ended. <laughs> Cheech and Chong are the Corsican brothers. I'm your brother, Luis. Lion. My brother was in Mexican. Look, it's me. Twins so close, <laughs> they actually had each other's feelings. So that even when they fought, they truly felt for each other. Okay, okay, okay. They'll believe that. Yeah. Together, they're a new kind of team. The kind that will do anything for love. Who do your hair? For beauty. <laughs> it's okay, I'm going to fix it. <laughs> Give me a kiss. For animals. It's a trisexual. A trisexual. Yeah, I'll try anything. Mud, chickens, anything. <laughs> for excitement. <laughs> and last but not least, for each other. It's hard being the queen. <laughs> I know what you mean. <laughs> Especially in these pants. Cheech. <laughs> And Chong are the Corsican brothers. No less than 18 times, Greg, this thing's been turning to a movie. No less. Excellent. Possibly more. So how the <laughs> fuck did it end up in Jean-Claude Van Damme's hands? It's a great question, Greg. Let me answer that for you right now. So Sheldon, as we know, had written Bloodsport. He'd written Lionheart and directed Lionheart. He'd also on the side written Rambo 3. So this guy, he's got things happening. He's legit. The story of this one actually though traces all the way back to the Bloodsport era. So a little reminder of what happened there. That movie almost didn't get released. It looked like a pile of poo, especially to the the heads of Canon at the time. They were like, what have we done? This is a piece of shit. And as we know, um, Jean-Claude Van Damme took it upon himself to re-edit it and make it work. And polish that turd. And, And polish that turd real good. And to the point where it did end up getting released in France initially because they love him over there. And they love him over there because they loved him in No Retreat, No Surrender, which in France was called Karate Tiger. So it got released in France and it did pretty well. It's like, fuck, okay, we released in the US and it it blew up. And so while Canon Films didn't love Bloodsport, they also didn't love Van Damme either. But then this thing just started making money and they're like, okay, I guess I'm going to be in the... They didn't love Van Damme. They didn't love him, yeah. Oh, you know what? So the head of Canada at the time, Menahem Golan. Crazy. Menahem Golan. It's crazy to hear that. Menahem Golan said he's a loser, a terrible actor. Michael Dudikoff, Dudikoff, Dudikoff is a movie star. Jean Claude is poison. So he didn't like him, but he saw that, okay, he could make money. And they had a three picture deal. So he had two more movies to make. I guess one of those ended up becoming Cyborg, I suppose. Yep. But this is all happening in parallel. So. Uh, Benaham Golan, the head of the head of Cadden, calls in Sheldon Latich because he's the guy that wrote Bloodsport into his office and says, "All right, we need another Van Damme project. What are you thinking? Mm-hmm. Let's figure something out. We've got this guy. Let's let's make some cash." And Latich, uh, you know, big fan of Van Damme, 
had a look around the room. This is a real movie moment. So and there was a, book? a there was a pile of scripts. Well, yeah, you think that there would just be a book. <laughs> uh, the Corsican Brothers. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's it's almost that. So there's a pile of scripts, you know, stacked up in the room or whatever, and there's and you can see the names of the the books on the, the names yeah, of the scripts yeah. on the spine, and it's like the Corsican Brothers. That will be perfect for Jean Claude Van Damme. I'm not sure why that. Really? One. Yeah, that's, that's that's what he said. Amazing. He said that in an interview. It's like I thought that would be perfect for Jean Claude. You got to imagine this stack of scripts is like martial well, arts. He does have two names. It'd be better if they were Jean and Claude. <laughs> I guess you can't have everything. It's true. Um, so they sent they sent um, Latich to Paris and Corsica to get him to rewrite the script. But then Menahem pulls out, gets cold feet. Canon oh. Films guy gets gets cold feet. He says this is verbatim what he said. Apparently, Jean Claude can't even play one character. How do you expect him to play two? Fuck. How do you expect him to play two? Um, so it was over. They're like, nah, it's over. And this also was sort of the Which, end. Did he go make American Ninja Six? Yeah, probably. And and well, this was basically the end of the relationship with um, Jean Claude Van Damme plus Letich. With Canon Films, I believe. So that's kind of an end of an era. Sort of like, you know, like when Snoop and Dre left Death Row, you know. Yeah. It's like, you'd think they were there for ages, but really it was only a couple of albums. I thought most Van Damme movies would have been Canon Films, you know. Um, but it's really only three yeah. of them. So Latich breaks off his relationship with Canon Films, but they hadn't paid the guy. Not only for this film, the work he'd done up until this point in this film, but they also didn't pay him for a movie called Delta Force 2 that he worked on. Oh, with uh, the great Chuck. Yeah, with well, Chucky boy. Um, so he sued them. Uh, part of what he got out of that was the rights to the Corsican brothers. So we're back on, baby. We're back on. Hollywood's amazing, isn't it? Yeah. It's a series <laughs> of... Things. Yeah. <laughs> one door closes, another one opens. Another one opens. One by the name of Moshi Diamond. So this guy... Is super interesting. I'm going to save it for another podcast because he's he sticks around for a lot of Jean Claude Van Damme movies. But he's mysterious and fascinating. But basically, they migrate migrated over to work with that guy Moshi Diamond, and and they they went and made this movie. So didn't they just? I, I'm not sure what the process was going from the Corsican Brothers to this <laughs> script because mm. there's not really anything in common with it at Bro- all. Brothers. So it must have got rewritten a lot. Um, but I do know that they wanted to go pretty hardcore into a straight-up revenge picture because, you know, like relatively speaking, Lionheart was a little bit subtle. It was a little nuanced. It wasn't quite revenge. It was more like, i got to have my brother's family. Yeah, that's um, true. And it was it's kind I, of revenge. Well, was, yeah, but this is straight-up revenge. I'm going to kill that guy stuff. Mm. And so they wanted that's that's really what they wanted to, to go deep on. Um, I mean, that is essentially the origin story. Amazing. There is one little precasty though. So this precasty is interesting. So Sheldon Latich wanted Tia Carrera. I know. Yeah, and he got outvoted. That's it for the for the well for the obvious role, not for Chad, but for um the girlfriend. Girlfriend, and his logic was this guy's grown up in Hong Kong. Yeah, and you don't want to give him an Asian girlfriend. Yeah, and when so funnily enough, when I was watching this with Ara, she was still watching at that point. (laughs) Um, (laughs) She she was. I think it was implied there was a girlfriend or something. I can't remember what it was, but she said, oh, it's Tia Carrera in this. Before I read that, I was like, huh. I think this movie would have been, this movie's near perfect and it would have been 100% better if she was in it. Because that chick was a bit 
not great. She's not great. And she's literally. Chick Rare would have brought a new level of professionalism. Yeah. Like actually acting. <laughs> she was pretty atrocious. Uh, acting wise. I'm sure she's a nice lady. We'll never, we'll never know. <laughs> Uh, should we play the trailer? Do it. I haven't actually watched this, so but I think it's going to be a good one. <laughs> Jean-Claude Van Damme. He always makes an impact. <laughs> now, get ready <laughs> double impact. There's two of them. Think about it. Van Damme. Oh times two. He looks exactly like you. Me? Twin brothers reunited on a mission. Watch my back. To avenge their parents' death. One packs a punch. One packs a piece. Look good to me. Together, they deliver. Double impact. Excuse me. Hollywood to the Far East, on land, on sea, and in the air, they're damn quick, express service, damn cool, damn hot. So now what do we do? That's what I love about you. Times two. Double the fun. I would never in my life wear black silk underwear. I'm with you on that one. And double the bad damage. Double impact. Uh, that is a trailer, ladies and gentlemen. It is a trailer. What a trailer. You got it all. You got voiceover, you got explosions, you got music. Heavy guitar riffs. Yeah. Exhausted and excited all at the same time. Um, all right, so this is usually the part of the show where Greg does little recapsies of the plot uh, the plot there, but this being a Jean-Claude Van Damme movie, we obviously have the uh, this plot synopsis that works in theory for every Van Damme movie ever made. Let's check it out. Let's see if it fits the bill. Jean-Claude Van Damme plays an air quotes, American who wears high-waisted pleated pants in a foreign land on a quest to seek revenge for a fallen loved one at the hands of a morally corrupt racial stereotype. But he's about to find out that training to fight his enemy means facing the enemies within and slowly doing the splits. He also gets his buns out. Mm-hmm. Should we Curious. break it down? Yeah, I mean, first impression is it sounds pretty bang on to me. But let's break it down. Should we start with the Americanness? Now, this only applies to one character, but I guess that counts. Chad's LA all day, baby. Yeah. He's that, but he was right. This, that line is. The line is yeah. the one line to explain his accent. Yeah. You weren't born in France either. I just raised you there. Yeah. Ex- explanation. Which is great and it checks the box for this. Ding. But what about Alex's accent? <laughs> what is Alex's accent? Well, it's the same accent really. He's not really – I think he's trying to do something different. He talks like, a bit like this. Yeah, but he still sounds like a Van Damme. He just sounds a bit grittier. Sounds heaps grittier. They're two different characters. 
<laughs> we'll get to that because I agree. Good. But, but accent-wise, uh, he sh- seems like he should have been raised in France too. Also, you're adapting a French story. You could have done well to make it. Uh, it should have been France and Hong Kong or something at least. But then they wouldn't have had that opening scene in L.A. at his gym. That's true. I don't want to let that go. I never let that go. Because that answers another one of our little criteria here. Splitsies. Did he do the splits? He sure did. Did he ever? That's borderline getting his buns out. <laughs> yeah, all in one. All in one. Because of my big legs and karate, I can do the splits no problem. <laughs> I can do the splits no problem. It doesn't even make sense. <laughs> Those are th- three unrelated things. Big legs does not <laughs> equal splits. Yeah, I mean, karate, I guess, could be related, but it's not like... Yeah, yeah, it is. Because of... <laughs> yeah. Because the combination of karate and big legs. And then he sits in the splits and grinds the ground in front of a... And it causes quite a... Oof, they're, they're, they're really uh, getting quite flushed. Aren't they? And then he's just... Some lip pat- he's like back and forward, back and forth. It's... It's so weird. What about the close-up on that girl's crutch that he's stretching out? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. Ara was – that was the first alarm bell for Ara yeah, same, where she's same. like – Same, Carol's like, whoa. Uh, what is this? And yeah, that was <laughs> the most high-cut gym gear I've ever seen. Oh, it's borderline, man. That's like you couldn't do any exercises in that for fear of, you know, falling out of my, and whatnot. I would say that as a kid my my remote, the pause button, was all <laughs> worn off after a few years of having this. <laughs> Did that part of the VHS go all wriggly? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Had to buy another copy. Uh, it, there's moments like this in the movie too where I could almost imagine Jean-Claude Van Damme's writing process. It's like, okay, so I did that scene, but now I need to kick someone in the head to show how tough I am. Because <laughs> <laughs> the contrast. Because suddenly it's like he needs to kick that guy in the head for some reason. <laughs> he just goes next door to the karate class. goes, huh, show me your kick. Ah, bam. Like it's just. <laughs> he was a bully, though. Oh, he was. I enjoyed it. An Don't get English me wrong. bully. But I just love. You want to see one of my kicks? It's like I can see the cogs turning. Also, in his, some in his karate. Karate. also some yeah, karate. Also some karate. dancing. Also some karate. It's great. And at this it's point so in the movie, good. I'm like, <gasps> I'm like leaning forward. I'm like, this is perfect. This oh. is what I signed up for. But we need to get back to the test. Sorry. Splits. Yes. Um, buns. Technically not. There's out. a sex scene, though. I can't remember if they're buns in the sex seat. He does pull a real sex face. He's like, yeah. That, I mean, that sex seat is straight up softcore porn. Yeah. And it's interesting. So did you see that part? Um, we, we both uh, – the great thing about Van Damme movies is for every single one he does Arsenio Hall interview. <laughs> and so that's become one of our go-to research uh, points when we do this. And the way he talks about this sex scene in this movie, it's like – I mean, I guess we all know it from watching it, but he really talks about it like, oh, if you like sex scenes, this is the one, you know, you're going to love this one. Like, it's it's, like, it's, like in Europe, it was longer. It was yeah, there's no veil of it being artistic in any way. It's just. I mean, here, Friday is not the complete version. Isn't there a more extensive love scene being shown in France and other countries? Yes. Yeah, uh, what, was it too strong for America? Not too strong, uh, but the impact of double impact was very strong i mean it was like it was different it's it's maybe more pronounced 
You know that. I mean, I don't have to teach you uh, how to do that. Um, <laughs> no, I mean, uh, the director shows more over there. Um, it's a different cut. In Europe, they like to see more. Like, uh, for example, a movie like Nine and a Half Weeks was more strong in Europe than in America. Ah. But it's, it, I mean, it's very strong in the U.S. Guys, believe me, it's like, <laughs> if you like a nice love scene, you're going to enjoy Double Impact. Well, I, it's like it's yeah. You like a nice love I mean, scene. at least he's honest, right? Like, there's a lot of sex scenes in movies, and like, it's sometimes thinly veiled as like you know really important to the plot or whatever. But ultimately, it's just getting some boobs in there. So Oliver Stone apparently was talking to JCVD about playing the lead in Alexander. Yeah, which in itself is interesting. Which is amazing. And apparently Oliver Stone told Van Damme his favourite scene in a Van Damme movie is this love scene. Yeah, so that I came across that too and that sent me down like this wild goose chase on the internet trying to find more information about that. There's definitely some kind of link between Oliver Stone and Jean-Claude Van Damme but I couldn't find any more detail on that. This It does have a certain David Lynch vibe about it, sort of like dream yeah. landscape. Well, that's a good point too because the lighting suddenly changes – yeah. And I guess because he's, he's imagining it. Um, why don't I do like a quick 20-second spiel of what this movie is literally about, just in case anyone hasn't seen it, just so they're tracking. So two babies of an English guy in Hong Kong. He gets assassinated. Babies are separated. One baby goes to the US. One baby stays in Hong Kong and becomes a badass. One stays in the US, becomes a gym instructor, does a splits and arouses women. Bit of a playboy. Yeah. Uncle Arthur or whatever his name is, re- Frankie. Frankie reunites them, tells them the situation, and they they're chasing to right the wrong, skate revenge, yada yada. They go yada. back, meets his twin brother. They're like chalk and cheese. Yeah, but they both. But they're about to find they're out. They're about to find out. Yeah, that kind of thing. That Bolo Jung <laughs> is still a badass. He's still a badass. But yeah, so basically, you know, they're chalk and cheese. They're opposites, yada, yada, yada. And Chad the and whole Alex. time, Alex is very jealous of Chad potentially stealing his girlfriend for some reason. But anyway, so... Because she laughs at his the, jokes about dicks. Yeah. So the sex scene is actually him imagining that this is happening. So in that sense, it is very dreamlike and a little mm. bit um, uh, David Lynchian. That's a good point. Uh, okay, buns, um, maybe. Splits. We did that already, sorry. Pleated yep. pants. Multiple splits in this one. Yeah. And pleated pants. Oh, you better believe it. Oh, and pleated shirts I saw too. <laughs> <Like on the laughs> he shoulders loves a pleat. pleat. There was one outfit that I thought was quite cool. Wh- which one? Do you think? Yeah, I reckon you can probably guess. When he arrived at the, which, when he's got the big jacket? Uh, the big green jacket. Yeah, where he. I quite like that. Where he gets approached on the, the street. The suede Bruce. Yeah. Yeah, a green yeah. Bruce. A green Bruce with a, with a. I didn't think I could pull it off, but it's the kind of thing where right now I could see that being like not bad. Not bad. I thought you meant when he comes to the house and he's got his Louis Vuitton suit bag and his suitcase and he's he's all 50 shades of beige. So Ara couldn't get past this part of the – or that that element of the movie, his character. I think she thought he thought that was really cool. And I'm like, no, 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 he's meant to – the character's meant to be kind of an idiot. Well, not an idiot, but, you know, precious, whatever, another right phrase. Bit bit of a – LA Playboy. Yeah. So pleated pants, that is a big fat yes. Mysterious foreign land, yes. Hong Kong. Hong Kong. And racial stereotypes, I mean, not as extreme as others, 
i.e. kickboxer, but I mean, I guess they're generally there, but I would say no worse than Griffith is a racial stereotype. Who's that? He's the, the white guy, the white bad guy. Oh, yeah, yeah, it yeah. It could have been Tom Wilkinson from last week's episode, Russia. Interesting you say this, Greg, because I was thinking about that. There's a lot about this movie that you could say is like Rush Hour. So yeah. I'm into the list. Um, two seemingly opposites, one from L.A., one from Hong Kong, team up. Wow. Yeah. At first they feel like they don't have much in common, but eventually they find out, hey, there's, there's something here that unifies them. Yeah, brothers, one figuratively, one literally. It also refers to the British rule of Hong Kong. Mm-hmm. Um, and also the ultimate bad guy turns out to be a white guy and not uh, a, a, a Hong Kong local, well, Zangs. which is kind of interesting. Zangs. But the ultimate one, the white guy's the ultimate one, isn't he? I guess, yeah. He yeah. just gets Zang in there. Yeah, so there's quite a bit in common there. And, um, yeah, and on that note in terms of Rush racial hour. stereotypes, it's no, it's no worse than Rush Hour. No, I'd and, say and, and, so. and, and neither are that bad. Russia could have used Bolo Jung. Fuck yeah. Most I could say that about most movies though. Yeah. Ocean's Eleven. Bolo. Uh Little Women. Bolo. Yeah. Flintstones. Bolo. Flintstones Fever Rock Vegas. Bolo. Sisterhood of the Travelling Pants. Bolo. Mm, Ice Age Three. Um Bolo. It's really hard to come up with random movies. <laughs> yeah, you did well. That was really, really hard. Well done. <sighs> All right. Well, I'll say that's a pass with flying colors, the old JCVD test. Yeah. This plot. Big time. This universal plot has been unbroken. I think the only one that didn't really meet it was um, uh, Cyborg. Uh, what's De- the, Death Warrant Death was, Warren. was 50-50, yeah, I think. Yeah, Death Warrant was pretty good. It was a pass. Mm. This is like a nine and a half out of ten, I would say. Yeah, yeah. Um, so good on us. I, we wrote this like five years ago. Yeah, yeah. We're geniuses, if you haven't noticed. We're JCVD geniuses. Yeah, I mean, I've shown some of my cards already, but in terms of initial thoughts, do you want to? Yeah, should I should I break it down a little further? Oh, keep going. Yeah. So you know, pressing play, this thing starting, I was like, oh, this looks quite a bit older than I was expecting, but I guess it was nineteen ninety one. But also interestingly, I felt like a lot in that opening scene, a lot of the actors sounded Aussie, and I got really excited. Griffith Wagner Enterprises proudly present to the Crown Colony of Hong Kong, the Victoria Harbour Tunnel. They sound quite Aussie, right? Yeah. And I googled them, and they're not. So Andy Armstrong is the dad, plays Jean Claude Van Damme's dad. Who's he? He's he's just a, he's a stuntman. Apparently, he's been in a lot of movies as a stuntman. So maybe he's a stuntman in this movie and it's like, hey, you want to play the dad? It's a one scene kind of thing. Because yeah, um, he looked like an actor, but his talk wasn't great. His talk wasn't great, yeah. It's a bit, again, like Jackie Chan. It's a bit like one of those Jackie Chan movies where they had random Aussie actors in one and it was a bit weird. First strike. It's like, ah, he went that way. Yeah. Um, it was that kind of weird. Well, we've got such a soft, lovely accent. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, but in terms of overall thoughts, I and this is not to say that I don't like the second half, but I especially like the first half. Mm. All these things happening, the opening scene, like that's like Bruce Wayne's parents getting killed, mm. and it's way more brutal. Bolo walking down the oh, driveway, fuck, man, and just ruthless, man, with the gun over his shoulder, with the light. That's like that's that's good. Yeah, and it's it's so brutal. Yeah, the mum in the white dress. It makes you realize how much. Right, there's this thing with movies these days, and actually it's a bit of a Paul Verhoeven thing. I was reading about Paul Verhoeven when we were doing 
uh, basic instinct. Yeah. I'm just remembering this now as we talk about it. But yeah. like it's he calls out because they say, oh, the movie is so gory, like violence. It's so disgu- the violence in your movies is so disturbing. And he's like, well, shouldn't it be disturbing? It's violence. It's bad. It should be disturbing. Like all these movies now, there's like Avengers movies. How many people die in those? But you don't even see the 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 how horrible that is. Um, sorry, you thought Tony Stark dying <laughs> wasn't sad? It was sad, but someone getting shot is not like a, just a cute little red dot on the side of their head. Like a lot of movies, they just kind of like. They don't say glamorize, but yeah, yeah they, they, it's very. I was thinking of that as as I'm thinking about this scene now. It is fucking hardcore. She's like, "We well, don't. What's going to happen to our babies?" And he's like, "You'll never know." And just fucking shoots her in the face. I mean, they don't yeah. show that exact part, but fuck, man, why? I it's would, hardcore. It's like watching a horror movie. That level of just like, oh fuck. I would say one thing, which is the rea- reaction you should have to people getting shot. Why was so Griffith standing days. there with Zhang? Like, well, you would be pretty far away if you had organized a hit on your business partner to kill his family. Yeah, they're just behind the bushes. Why would you be hanging around the bushes having a <laughs> cigar? Just going to make sure this happens. Uh, yeah, it's very convenient mm. for the plot. Griffith. Um, and then, yeah, cutting to LA. Griffith! <laughs> I'm sorry. All this stuff, I'm like, mm, give me more. This is great. And then second half, I still liked, but it was just more traditional. It gets a little bit. It's more just standard Van Damme fare, which is great, but it's... They really rush in, don't they? It's, they su- it's just suddenly, and I, I think I said I did say to you, I kind of got a bit lost and I had to rewatch the second half because I was, it was probably more on me I was getting distracted, but it was just a lot of shooting of guns and like... What What about the token white guy on the bad guy's henchmen? Oh, there's two, and I love Mr. Them. Zang would happily see you now. So I, I had a thing on that You don't guy. seem to understand. Yeah, so I wanted to talk about the hired goons. Hired goons? Good. Should, um, we, should we talk about them? Let's talk about the hired goons. Hired goons. So we talked about Bolo, love Bolo, his ultimate hired goon in this is great. Um, but then there's the guy with the spurs on his boots, yeah, the other white guy. He's cool. And they have that great fight in the dark. Mm. But then there's that guy, the guy you just – the guy I had to come up with extremely creative ways of Googling to figure out who he was. Once I found his name, he was easier to find. What's his name? It's a guy named Evan Lurie. And so the guy we're talking about, this guy with a massive head and face and big teeth – a uh, big white guy, long hair, with a completely indistinguishable accent. So this it's is more him. English than anything, isn't it? Yeah, but it kind of goes back and forth. More cognac, eh? <laughs> well, guess what? The big boss would like to thank you personally. Hey, that's that's nice. Uh, in there. Yeah. Oh, I've got one more case of cognac in the car. I'll be right back. No, no, you don't seem to understand. Mr. Zhang would like to thank you now. Are you hearing me? Please step. Jaw. Yeah. On lack of. So many explosions. This guy's huge, but yeah, like you're saying, his head. Jaw and neck is sort of just all one. It's like a daily, thing. you know, daily Cherry Evans. Uh, no, you know, you don't watch a lot of rugby league, do you? No, just Google Daily Cherry Evans. Yeah, he's kind of like a smaller version of that, I guess. Yes, like a skinnier version of that. But this guy is big, and so I once I figured out his name, um, I found he's in quite a few like 
straight to video movies of the era. I found out a fight scene with him in another movie and he's like, he's huge, Ginormous. like ripped. I just thought he was just a big guy, but he looks like a bodybuilder type. But yeah, he was, he was a martial artist and he was in a bunch of movies up until, well, when I say a bunch of movies, I mean like tiers, a few tiers below this one. Yeah. Up until 1997, then he disappeared. Turns out he actually now owns an art gallery in Indiana. And I was looking at the Facebook page and there's pictures of him. He looks really normal now too because he looks like quite an odd-looking human. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's got short hair and I guess he just grew into his proportions or something. Grew into his jaw. Yeah, I stopped injecting steroids directly into his neck. <laughs> like Buster Rhymes. And, uh, <laughs> and um, <sighs> he just looks like a normal guy with an art gallery. It's so interesting. And he's, it's in Indiana, so does that mean he's American? Like what accent is that? It's so weird. <laughs> so weird. Oh, I love it. Oh, you're good. This is the, this is the beauty of family that movies, you just find these little randoms. You get those randoms. You got the guy back from Bloodsport again for one scene. Is it the, the guy with the white T-shirt? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's one of the fight choreographers, I think. I don't yeah, know. well, I looked him up too, and I think he's also a sound engineer. All right, in different just, movies, you get various roles in a Van Damme. Movie. Yeah, you just show up, and it's like I'm here to do the, the craft be a services. Man. You're gonna play <laughs> my dad. Yeah. You're gonna do sound. <laughs> You're gonna see me in the bar. So I imagine all these people are part of the martial arts community or something. I guess so. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. But um, fuck, let's talk about the performance here. Double the Van Damage. I does thought it, they does were it two, pull it off? I think they were two very distinguishable characters. I agree. And I thought, again, his acting is getting better and better. And I've, I'm an, I will not apologise. I think he's a good actor. He's got something in him. And, of yeah. course, he was very, very green in the previous movies. But he's getting better and better. Of course, he's not quite there yet. But in this, I feel like there were different... Yeah, yeah. Alex is very different to Chad. I, don't I think care a lot of are, I think a lot of saying. where it kind of falls down is maybe the accent, and maybe they do a lot of ADR. You know, like because they're shooting in the streets, maybe they then re-record the dialogue in a mm. studio somewhere, and it mm. just so it sounds a bit off. Yeah, but like without the dialogue, he his acting's not that cheesy. It's I mean, it's cheesy within the genre. Chad's che- Chad's cheesy. Yeah, and that's but that's the that's the character that's too. The character. It's perfect. I think it's Flex isn't cheesy. I think it's good, man. That's a badass. Yeah, I think it's good. Yeah, it gets a it gets a tick from me. Yeah, I which agree. means a lot. <laughs> you know. Well, I'm going to give it two ticks. Oh, well, one I'm for give each it of them. Three ticks. Four ticks from me. I can't match that. <laughs> I won't go any higher. Which one of us is Chad and which one of us is Alex? Oh, you're so Chad. <laughs> well, that's what I thought too. But then I remembered our recent review where they referred to me as a straight man. What do you mean? <laughs> well, Alex ain't making any jokes. Alex is the straight man. and Is he? Well, Chad's the comic relief. Is he? Yeah. You're calling me a Chad? <laughs> you called me a Chad first. I did. Welcome to the two Chads. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Chad. But yeah, I thought the same thing yeah, first. I'm I thought uh, You're definitely moodier, so you're the, um, you're the Alex in that, in that sense. Yeah. But I'm, I'm definitely more Chad-like in other areas. Black <laughs> <Like> fashion. <laughs> well, I wouldn't go that far. I would never wear black silk underwear. Uh, never in my life. <laughs> you're surprised. Uh, <laughs> you're such a Chad right now. Also, that's kind of weird. Like, why is black silk underwear the thing that's really too, too far? And Alex looks like he would wear black silk underwear. Yeah, he does. Or Davenport satin underwear. Yeah. <laughs> Chad, would Davenport? Be, yeah Chad would be more of like a... A lighter coloured satin. Agree. Hey, but should we let the man himself explain um, kind of what's going on with these two characters? Uncle Frankie. (laughs) Jean-Claude Van Damme. 
Chad was from LA, you know, I own a, a gymnasium, a shooting gallery, a karate school, you know, car, rock and roll, everything is fine. Alex was born on the street, so he's so suspicious. He's going to think his brother has an affair with his uh, fiance. Alex was the guy from all the movies I did before with a stronger look, unshaved, smoking cigar, his hair back, very, very strong. And Chad is like full of life and he's like innocent. I agree with you, Greg. I think it was some good acting there. He created two different distinct characters. Oh, but you mentioned before, yeah, other movies where her characters have played twins or multiple characters other uh-huh. than Eddie Murphy. Nicolas Cage in adaptation is up there. Yep. Peter Sellers in Doctor Strange Love plays three characters. Oh, I've never seen unrelated that. characters too. Oh, it's pretty good. Um, um, Austin Powers. Oh yeah, of course, Austin Powers. I forgot about that. So a lot of them are comedies like this. Army uh, Army Hammer and uh, the Social yeah. Network. The Vink the Winkle Vosses. Yeah, the Winkle. They went to my gym. I used to, Did work, they? I used to see the Winkle Vosses at the Winkle Vi gym quite a bit. Did you? Yeah. Um, we're forgetting, of course. The Double Double. What's that? Bette Midler and Lily Tomlin in Big Business. Oh, I, don't, I haven't seen that. Save Jupiter Harlow. No You idea. haven't seen that? No. That was instrumental in my household. That was like the right. chick flick in my house growing up. Yeah. That was a big one. Huge one. Huge surprise. Any love for Big Business out there? Can I get a... <laughs> I mean, it sounds good. I like Lily Tomlin. I think you would like it. I would like... Yeah. Can we do it? Yeah, let's do it. Um, I feel like I'm suggesting a lot of films you haven't seen of late. But this is good. This is growth. I need to suggest some you, you haven't seen. Yeah. Well, Little Shop of Horrors. Little Shop of remember. Horrors. Yeah. We're doing that soon. Hey, but we can't overlook Jean-Claude Van Damme doing this again in a little series on Amazon that only went for one season, which I vouch for heavily called Jean-Claude Van Johnson. Is that the thing you've been trying to get me to watch for yeah. the last 12 months? Which seems like it shouldn't be that hard to get you to watch it, but... <laughs> For some reason it is. It's Jean-Claude Van Damme, isn't it? I don't know how to watch it. <laughs> is that enough for you? It's Jean-Claude Van Damme. But so in this TV show, Jean-Claude Van Damme plays himself, but it turns out he's actually been a secret agent this whole time and him making movies is just his undercover position while going to these various countries. Yeah. And in this particular episode, um, he's had to assume the identity of another guy that looks like him and this is the part where they meet and he's trying to, I don't know, talk to the guy to to get in. But this is one of the – this show is amongst the best JCVD acting you're going to see. I think it is good. Now, this clip is over the top and it's meant to be. It's a comedy. But I, again, say he's doing something pretty cool here. It's just me, Philip. <laughs> Who are you? Um, These are both Jean-Claude Van Damme talking. I'm you from the future. And I'm here to warn you that something bad's going to happen to this factory. You should leave. You're not me from the future. What? Black matter cannot occupy like space. Time cup. <sighs> Time cup. Have you seen it? <laughs> yeah. So, you know the rule? Black matter cannot occupy like space. But uh, in Looper, Bruce Willis and Joseph Gordon-Levitt touch many times. If you are really <laughs> me, you think Looper is a better movie than Time Cup? 
Yes. False. I think Time Cup is way better than Looper. What is this? <laughs> <laughs> so again, Jean-Claude Van Damme is playing himself. What? Is so that, that? The, it's very meditative about Time Cop. I'm going home to watch this. Why didn't you tell me about this show? <laughs> you motherfucker. Man. And this guy is a janitor and he's a bit dopey and he's trying to get his security clearance or whatever. So he's like I think time <laughs> and so is a better him thing. saying he's him from the future is him just trying to like, you know, swindle him. But <laughs> How good is that? That's amazing. I'm telling you, man. It's what I mean. To be fair, it is the kind of show you probably only need to watch a couple of episodes, and it's the same kind of like, yeah, I get it. That'll do. But it's good, and he is good in it, man. He's good. Yeah, I was digging that. He's good. I'll put that clip on Insta so you can see the visuals. But man, it is good. But watch the damn movie. But overall, speaking of speaking of the the double impact there and the double Van Dam action, I think that. The way they did it was pretty holds up pretty well. I think so. There's a couple of moments where eyelines are slightly askew. It's okay. Or there's the funny little halo-y little halo glow yeah. around them, like in Ghost. I bring you love. <laughs> but overall, pretty damn good. And um, apparently, shooting in Hong Kong also allowed for quite a bit of uh, ease in production. Like, oh. well, the pretty low budget. And you're talking about the explosions and shit. Like you don't need permits in Hong Kong. Maybe you do these days. But in those days, you didn't need any kind of shooting permits to like wild, go wild make a East. movie. The Wild Wild East, there you go. So all the people you see on the streets and shit, they're not extras. They're just there. They're just not interested. And they, so, yeah. And so I guess yeah. also that um, the cutting of the frog in the market, mm. me and I are both like, oh, wait, is that okay? I guess so. But then also if they're just shooting the street in Hong Kong, that's probably just already happening yeah. and they caught it on camera. So, yeah. Um, we ate frog. I had frog's legs. It, we had them in New Orleans. Oh, yeah. No, we had turtle soup. I had both. Yeah, we had, I ate all the amphibians. Oh, yeah, we did have both. I had frog's legs in China and Singapore. Oh, I've only eaten them in – it was like fish and chicken mixed together. Yeah. Fishy chicken. It's good. It's the shit. Uh, but also the stunts because they have these actual fighters that can actually make contact and shit, which apparently is a big deal. I guess in a lot of Western action movies, there's, you know, they're not actually – it's shot very carefully to make it look mm. real. But in this, they're making contact, they're which is why they can show those slow motion shots actually yeah, really? showing contact, which that's is cool. pretty cool. I mean, I'm sure it's not full velocity. But they're a bit more up for it. Yeah. I mean, Chong Lee with his barrels like Donkey Kong. Yeah. Forget about it. He Beautiful. is quite the gorilla. <laughs> he is. And Jumpman, man, it actually works. You know how yeah. Mario was first called Jumpman because he was like, Jumping. and he jumps over him. Brilliant. That was Maybe that was layers, man. Don't look, don't, don't, uh, you know, overlook the writing ability of of the partnership of Van Damme and Latitch. It's it's like the Lennon McCartney of film. There's good characters, caricatures in mm. this. Hey, yeah. speaking of which, mm. Karina Everson, who that Miss Olympia, six years straight from 1984 oh, yes. to 89. She's very fit and a big chest and she runs down the Hong Kong street. She looks like a beautiful alien. That's what he said on Arsenio. I missed that bit. It's so weird. Carol was a bit She looks out. like a, a sexy alien. That's what he said, a sexy alien. She's hectic, man. Yeah. So she was six years straight Miss Olympia. It was 84 to 89 and obviously Arnie's last one. 
was 80. So she never shared the stage right. with the great man. When I was first watching this, I was like, oh, is that his wife? Because I knew his wife was a bodybuilder, but it's not. Yeah, she was. Uh, yeah. Um, no martial arts background. So they brought Billy Blanks in to train her. On yeah. Set. Give her that Tybo. That's cool. <laughs> they gave her some Tybo tapes. Tybo. Fucking Billy Blanks is a badass. Yeah. I've seen his old movies. I haven't seen any of them. He does a movie with Bolo Young, actually. Oh. Yeah. Shout out to the list. Yeah. Um, yeah, all of her fighting was highly sexualized. She was like Zenya on the top. Like, yeah. It's legs around the head. If those it's legs like, around the head would fuck you up. She, fuck could, yeah. she could choke the <laughs> shit. She'd kill you, man. Yeah. You wake up dead. Wake up, you can't go to bed dead. Yeah. So, like I said, with um, these Van Damme movies, it's a treasure trove going back and watching the old Arsenio Hall interviews because it's the only real talk show that gave him any airtime in those days. Seems so, like it. Yeah, I think they had a really good friendship going on there because I think he continued to go back for every single movie even as he got bigger Van, and bigger. And he called him Van Damme. Always Van Damme. Van Damme. So tell me Van Damme. But um, one thing that came out when he was promoting this um, movie was a lovely little anecdote that I had never I heard never, of before. This, is, this was a yes. This is all time, man. It's and hopefully – it's I, I don't think this is something everyone knows because I Googled it after and I couldn't find any more information this. than this. I've never heard this. But the story goes that when Jean-Claude Van Damme back in Belgium wanted to be movie star, he sends letters to all the Hollywood types. He sends over a thousand letters. Yeah, to actors, to studios. Puts magazines to inside, all directors. this type of shit. No one writes back. One man writes back. Mr. Kirk Douglas. I was dreaming in my small gym in Belgium, you know. I own a karate school, mm-hmm. like a movie, yeah. and a gymnasium. <laughs> yes. And uh, I was making good money, I was, uh, you know, but I was not happy. So I sent many, many letters to every producer, actors, studio, everybody, and um, nothing happened. Only one guy responds to me, uh, uh, Kirk Douglas, saying, you know, Keep go, keep going, and if one day you'll do something, that's great, isn't it? Yeah, Kirk Douglas. Uh. Oh, that's fucking cool. How cool is that? And Kirk Douglas, it's he's like the biggest he's movie one of the star, biggest movie stars of all time, of all time. So fucking cool. But then, currently it, the oldest movie star. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Man, that motherfucker is. But shit gets crazier amazing. because in this very episode, guess who decides to give Arsenio a call. Oh, Steven Seagal? <laughs> Somehow, That's actually hilarious. I doubt it. <laughs> you. Hello. Hello. Who is this? Uh, this is Arsenio Hall. Yeah, this is Arsenio. Listen, Arsenio, I, I'm sorry to interrupt your show. You, you think I can speak to Jean-Claude? Sure, hold on. It's for you. Hello. Jean-Claude. Yeah. This is Kirk Douglas. Yeah, he's here, he's here. I heard a lot of noise. I thought maybe you were in a fight. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, no, 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 no. It's not Spartacus sequel. (laughs) Now listen, Jean-Claude, I remember you wrote to me several years ago. Yeah. And I think I said, look me up when you come out here. You get it. But Jean-Claude, you looked up my son Michael and my son Joel, and you did a movie with them. Your movie is done by my son Michael's company, you know that? That's right, that's right. So I'm looking for you to look me up. 
It's okay, you know, I've got to go first to the family. First the son, then the daughter, and then the father. <laughs> That's wonderful, Jean-Claude, that's wonderful, but you'll never get to me Thank you, Kurt. And we'll see you soon. Thanks again for the... Oh, great. Hey, listen. Yeah. Was it Belge, no? What? Was it Belge? Oui. Yeah, they start speaking, speaking French there for some reason. But how bloody cool is that? And you it's probably so can't cool. tell from the audio, but look at his face. He's fucking chuffed, man. That's fucking great. And so, Michael, sorry, Kirk Douglas's wife is Belgium. Apparently. Belgium-ish, Flemish, what? Yeah, Bel- but... From Belgium. Hey, um, speaking of calls, maybe we've got a call. <laughs> no, we don't. No, we don't. So, okay. <sighs> I mean, we're nearing the end of this episode. Um, campaign 2000 update. We don't have him, guys. He's not. I mean, sure. Do any missed calls? I don't. I don't have any missed calls, no. I mean, it's. it would have been nice to have him on episode 50 for the, for the, for the namesake episode, but yeah. there's plenty more Jean-Claude Van Damme movies coming, so we're not giving up. We're not easy. giving up. We're not giving up. Because Van Damme wouldn't want us to. You're right. You're damn right he wouldn't want us to. But one day, one day we'll get there. Um, but why don't we get into the verdict? The verdict. I don't know what to say, really. I don't remember asking you a goddamn thing. I am the law. I'd like an answer to the question, Judge. I want to have them answered immediately. You can't handle the truth. What are you waiting for? Huh? Say what again. Say what again? I dare you. Nothing further. Your Honor. And that's all I have to say about that. What are you thinking, Greg? Well, I've got a few things. Yeah. On the plus side, this film achieves the coveted inverse Bechdel. The inverse Bechdel, yeah. There are two Van Dams talking about a girl. Ah, they don't talk about anything other than a girl, almost. Yeah. Kind of. Yeah, that's not bad. You see, again, layers. Layers. So I'm sure that was intentional. Um, On the negative. That's that's pretty – well, the negative would be some of the reviews, which kind of surprised me. It's a bit mind-blowing. This gentleman, Chris Hicks of the Deseret News, based in Salt Lake City, Utah, went as far as to say the plot was – Minimal at best. Mm. Well, Chris, I put it. <laughs> I put it to you. Have you ever heard of minimalism? <laughs> he says that the story makes no sense and is often more laughable than exciting. Have you ever heard of comedy? Yeah, Chris yeah. from Salt Lake City. Probably not, Mister Mormon. Yeah, probably not. Doesn't even drink like us. Yeah, that's probably the problem. <laughs> so, yeah, look, the re- I, I disagree with the view- reviews. Roger Ebert gave it two stars out of four. Yeah. Which is actually good. He said uh, he said of a bit of a mixed bag thing, but he made a comment in there, which I thought was interesting, that both Jean-Claude Van Damme and Steven Seagal should consider playing villains. Villains. I did see that. And remember, they could have been the villain in Demolition Man, but they both didn't want to be villains. Yeah. 
and then they both eventually played villains in the Expendables. So mm. eh, they could have done it earlier. Yeah, man, laying it down for them. Smart guy. Um, so I'm going with big rewatch, big rewatch, huge rewatch, huge rewatch. Yeah, huge rewatch. I would say. I mean, I think most of what we talked about here has been in a very positive light, and the stuff. Uh, like a lot of these movies we do in this genre, some of the stuff that ages sort of just adds to the aesthetic and charm of yeah, the genre like in that Van era. Like clothes. Yeah. And, and on that note, I think that this this film deserves to be... An Oscar. <laughs> it deserves to have a place in like the, the Jean-Claude Van Damme... Uh, the canon, I guess. Like it's a, if, it's a film of significance. Th- this is up there. I think, like you know, I said it before. If you do, if you if you want to do, show me the important Van Damme movies. You can probably skip Cyborg. You can probably skip Death Warrant. Do not skip this. I think this is important. No, double the important. damage. Double the damage. Yeah, the Van Damage. Um, MVP. Van Damme. Did you have two? Jean Claude Van Damme and Jean Claude Van Damme. Yeah, Chad oh. and Alex. Yeah, Chad and Alex. I also really did like Uncle Jeffrey Lewis. Yeah, yeah, Frank. he's he's legit. He's passed now, sadly. Oh, he did a bunch of movies with um, Clint Eastwood. Clint apparently. Eastwood, yeah. yeah, he did every which way. He seemed really Lewis cool. And, and in that opening scene again, like I was saying, I really enjoyed that. And he was such a badass in it. Yeah, when he the, turns the car around, and it just I was like, wow, who is this lightning he's a, bolt? He's got a he's a lightning bolt. That's yeah. a good description. He added a lot to this. Yeah, especially in the opening, I was just like, what. What? Yes, and he saved one of the babies and he's mm. killing all the bad guys. Yeah, he's cool. It's and yeah, I googled him immediately after because I didn't really know much about him. And apparently, he's in Clint Eastwood movies, but he seems like he should be like. He it's was like I'm seeing a bona fide action star here. He, yeah, he was in a ton of stuff. Yeah, he, yeah. I guess what we're saying here, guys, it's a fucking rewatch. And if you're in Australia, it's on Stan. It's on Foxtel. I'm not mm-hmm. sure about overseas, but come on, it's twenty, it's twenty twenty, guy. We're in the roaring twenties. I'm yeah. sure you can find it. Get it? Just fucking watch it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's no reason not to. There's no reason not to. Well, anyway, that's the soundtrack. Soundtrack's a tick too. Well, it sure does. I mean, we use it as our theme song. Yeah. Arthur Kemple got it made. What have we? Uh, what have we got coming up? Well, I believe next week we are taking it back to early 90s with Swingers. Ooh, is that John Favreau shit? John Favreau. Then I think we're getting into some James Cameron and some, some Arnold Schwarzenegger with the Terminator. Oh, which one? One? One. Then I think we're going to be doing a TV show that we maybe is still a mystery for now. Yeah. Thank you for all your votes, peeps. Oh, there were a lot of TV lot. shows recommended. And they're all really good. Yeah, so we'll but chip away at them. We'll chip away at them. Yeah, we'll, we'll eventually cover them all. And a bunch of other movies. But in the meantime, hit us up on Instagram. Leave us a review if you're liking the show. We'd really appreciate that. Um, and if you're really feeling like it, send us an email, doubleimpactpodcast at gmail.com. Yeah. Um, but other than that, I guess that's it. Uh, uh, Bye. Good goons.